today on Recovered Truths. The problem is, is if you read that next verse, where Paul's writing that, when Paul continues on, he says, But God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit. So get your copy of the King James Bible and study with us. Welcome into our podcast today, folks. This is Recovered Truths and Outreach of Crosswork Ministries here in Frankfort, Kentucky. And today I want to talk about a little bit um, of a subject that, that a lot of people may not understand or, or have have trouble dealing with. And what I want to do is I'm going to take a look at Paul when when he goes to Athens and what he's dealing with with the folks on Mars Hill. And the issue that I see is there's a lot of folks who follow this same kind of teaching that, that was going on in Athens and the same type of things that were going on here at Mars Hill. And what it does is it leads to a lot of trouble, not just doctrinally, but just application-wise as we live and walk and have our being. So today what I want to do is let's take a look at Acts chapter 17. We'll start in verse 16 and read through at least verse 23 to kind of get an idea of what I, what I want to talk about. So Acts chapter 17, verse 16. Now, while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. Therefore disputed he in the synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons and in the market daily with them that met with him. Then certain philosophers of the Epicureans and of the Stoics encountered him, and some said, What will this babbler say? Others some he seemeth to be a setter forth of strange gods, because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him and brought him into Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new doctrine, whereof thou speakest, is. For thou bringest certain strange things to our ears. We would know, therefore, what these things mean. For all the Athenians and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. Whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is the Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything. Seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. Now I want to stop there. There's, there's two issues that we find in this passage. One, notice it says in verse 21, For all the Athenians and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. Now there's a lot of folks today who are looking for what's the next big thing. 
What is it in Christianity that we're lacking? And what is that next big thing going to be? Because they want to be the person to say, look at what I found. They're, they're constantly looking for some new thing to either tell it or to hear it. And there's, there's people out there. And the reason why those people exist is because there's people out there who want to hear something new. You know, and as a, as a person who believes in right division, dispensational Bible study, that's one of those things that we, we, we look back at our lives and we see, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 years have passed, and we've never seen this until now. And we're, we're left with the idea of what else is in the Bible that I've missed. So we search, we start searching for things that's new that we've never heard of before. Now we either go and search people that's telling it, or we try to find things and make it something that it's not. There's a lot of issues that we have in the grace movement now that that's, that's what is born things like new reconciliation teaching. That is the thing that is born the sonship edification teachings. That is the thing that is born a lot of these false doctrines. The fact that some grace people are saying that the church, the body of Christ, will either go through the entire tribulation period or go through at least half of it. Those types of teachings come from Scripture. But it's this idea that there has to be something that I've missed because I miss right division. And we look back and we say, well, this is as clear as, as the nose on the end of your face. This is as clear as day. Those type of expressions, things like that. We look at that and say, how did we miss this before? I've been in church for, like I said, 10, 15, 20 years. How did I miss this? So then we start thinking, well, what else have we missed? So we're constantly looking for some new thing. Now it's either, as I said, we go looking for it, somebody else teaching it, or we go looking for it ourselves and come up with something and go and try and push it off and make it look like there's something that I found. And all the world before me has not lived up to the potential that they could live up to. I mean, the whole idea of the flat earth and that re, that the resurgence of that, that's part of this finding something new that no one's ever talked about before. Well, you know, you look out through history, there's other people that it's taught that the earth was flat. And there's plenty of Bible studies that you can go find on internet that would prove that point. But that doesn't make it a true statement. And of course, it's a misinterpretation of a lot of things too. That's, that's why we get all these new doctrines. We have a lot, of, a lot of Athenians in the church today. Not only that, but the next issue that we have is you notice in verse 22, Paul says, Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. 
For I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with an inscription to the unknown God. Whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him I declare unto you. There's a lot of times that I've noticed that there's people will say things. And what it comes down to is they're just too superstitious or it's something that they've done for so long and it's hard to let go of. One of the things recently that I've talked about was the statement of Lord willing. You know, when we take a look at these type of things, that's exactly what it is, is just superstition. And I perceive that there are people in the grace moment that are too superstitious. And it's out, it's, out in the, it's out in the church as well. But that's an obvious place that we see it. But we're starting to see those things creep in to what's called the grace movement. But as we take a look at things like statements like Lord willing, if we take a look at statements like I want to have peace with God or statements like, well, I have to ask for forgiveness of sins every day. There, there's a whole bunch of them that we could go through. And, and these are just some of them that, that are on the top of my mind. When we take a look at this, have you been forgiven? If you're, if you're saved, if you know that you've placed your faith in a death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and that alone, if you're saved, do you realize that all your sins have been past tense forgiven you? You know, we've got a couple verses. We can go to Colossians. We can go to Ephesians. And we, we've got verses that talks about the fact that we have been forgiven of all sins. So then, why would we spend our time being superstitious, asking God to forgive us when He already has? It's the same idea of when people say, well, just pray that I have peace in this situation. Do we realize, according to Romans chapter 5, we have peace with God? It's not something that we need to look for. It's not something we need to ask for. It's not something we need to pray for. We own it. <laughs> as a possession right now you have peace with God if you're saved and the other one is the Lord willing thing do we know that God has revealed his will to us do we know that he has revealed not just his will but the mystery of his will through his word if you want to know where the will of God is if you want to know the will of God for your life it's found in the Word of God. Not outside of that. And usually the way that people look at things are if the Lord allows this or if the Lord's willing that this will take place. And they're always looking at their circumstances to find out whether or not it was God's will. Well, you've got a book. We own a book. We have a Bible. God has written down for us His will. And He's also revealed His, the mystery of His will. You know, there's a verse that everybody always goes and quotes, and it says, For I hath seen, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered the heart of man the things that God hath prepared for them who love him. And people hang their hat on that verse and say, See, we just don't know what God's will is. The problem is, is if you read that next verse, where Paul's writing that, he's actually quoting a verse in Isaiah. When Paul continues on, he says, 
But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. And in that same passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul, Paul lays out for the Corinthians saying that there's, there's a difference between the natural man and the spiritual man. And there's, there's a spirit that we have that is the spirit of God. And since we have that spirit, that spirit of God, he speaks to us through his word. God does not work apart from his word. He doesn't work in your circumstances. He works through his word. His word, however, can work through the circumstances and get you through certain certain things if you allow it to be applied the way it's supposed to be applied. But Paul's telling them here in, in, in Corinth, chapter 3, he says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ, because they weren't equipped yet, because they weren't in the Scripture enough. They were children. And that's what Paul's dealing with there. And that's where we are a lot of times today with those superstitious folks is they're still children. Now, they may know some things. They may know some theology, but they're not applying or allowing God's word to work in them the way it is designed to work in them. And that's where that's where we see when, when Paul's dealing with the folks in Mars Hill the thing that I find very fascinating is is you've got these people who are looking for things just to have things to say that they know, yet they're childish in the actual application of it, and they're too superstitious. And that's where we find a lot of folks today inside the grace movement and also outside of the grace movement. The issue that Paul's dealing with here with the Corinthians, and even back then, is dealing with the fact that we need to grow up in the doctrine. Build that edifice of sound doctrine in our soul so that the Spirit has something to work with, to live His life through us. Paul even tells us over in Philippians that we are to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. But it's God who will do and will actually make us want to do it. But it's by His Word being applied correctly. Not just correctly, but dispensationally. That's the issue. If we don't understand dispensational truth, we're never going to be able to function the way that God expects us to function now and in His ages to come. I want to stop there today. Thank you for listening, and until next time, grace and peace. We thank you for joining the Recovered Truths podcast brought to you by Crosswork Ministries. For more information, visit our websites at crossworkministries.org and dbcfrankfurt.org. Join us next time, and until then, grace and peace.